Hi, I'm Denise Simpson, a master life and leadership coach who helps women step into their authentic and feminine power so they can lead like visionaries, influence with grace, and create a legacy of contribution and service. You'll hear about real leadership clients with real problems navigating their success in life, business, and career. If you're ready to become a masterful leader, then this podcast was made for you. So let's get started. Hey there, my friend. Welcome. I hope you're fantastic today. I want to talk about you and how you don't have to feel lonely at the top. And by top, I mean whatever current position you're in in your organization or in your business or in your career. Because more often than not, we experience a sense of loneliness or unsupportiveness by our peers, by other women, maybe even by our own family members. I have to admit that I have felt loneliness a lot of times throughout my career. Um, Maybe more so in my later years as I matured as a leader. Because early on in my leadership career in my 20s, I was clueless. I was running on this adrenaline. I was running on pride. I was running on ego. And it wasn't until my late 20s when I realized that I was burnt out. I was exhausted. I was, you know, creating a lot of interesting situations in my personal life because of my success and because of my ambition. And I remembered feeling that I was all alone and that I needed support. And I sought support by another female leader in my institution. And I went to her office. She was a VP at the time. I went to her office and I said, I I, I really need some help. I feel so lost in my career, lost in this institution, and I'm not fulfilled. And I hate myself right now. And she had an open door policy for other women. She had women only lunches, and she had women only happy hours. She was such an advocate for junior women in the institution. I had never met a woman up up until that point who was so supportive of other women excelling and exceeding. And she and I had many, many conversations about my role as a woman in leadership and the obstacles that I was facing, not only in my personal life, but in the institution and the things, the systems, the the policies, the procedures, the, the programming that was keeping us women from excelling in leadership. We had such candid, beautiful, loving, nurturing conversations. And she was so important to me as I was maturing in my leadership at that time. She was also someone that I confided in when it was time for me to choose a doctoral program. And she was the one who shared with me what she had heard about the PhD in leadership studies at the institution I I eventually chose and was such an advocate for 
me advancing in my life and in my career. And because of her model of excellence and such a strong example of a woman supporting another woman, I have taken on a lot of those values. I'm very intentional in supporting another woman on her journey. I will never turn a woman away. I seek opportunities to help someone. I'm open, always open, just like she was to me. My door is always open to mentoring, to advising, to guiding, to communicating, or just to be a sounding board. And so I encourage those of you who are listening who don't know me, but from this podcast or my IG account, DM me because you don't have to feel lonely at the top. You do have a group of women. We may be invisible to you at this time, but know that we are here to support you. And my door is open to having a conversation with you on how to help you not feel lonely at the top. And so this brings me to a simple exercise that you can do today. So when we're looking at our emotions and we're looking specifically at the emotion of loneliness, I want for you to go inward. This is an internal exercise. This is where you take a pen and paper and go within your mind and ask yourself, what are the thoughts that I'm having that are creating this emotion of loneliness? Because a thought creates the emotion. The emotion inspires an action or inaction. And the action or inaction create a result in your life. So my friend, if you're feeling lonely, let's identify thoughts or the one thought that is creating this emotion of loneliness. For me, when I went to my mentor in my late 20s, I was feeling so lonely, almost sad. I thought there's no way that I could continue on this path. I'm exhausted, I'm burnt out, and I'm sacrificing so much of my intimacy, my intimate life for the sake of success. And looking back at that particular time in my career and all those thoughts that I just mentioned created the emotion of the loneliness. And that loneliness had me doing and acting very, very interestingly. In my personal life, I was self-sabotaging my relationships. I was doing some interesting things because of the emotion of loneliness. I would not be so nice to my lover or to my boyfriend. I would treat them terribly. I was so miserable and lonely that I wanted them to feel the same way. These were unconscious behaviors. I was not doing any of this intentionally. These were unconscious actions that I was taking because of the emotion of loneliness. Now, in the institution, I was clouded in my judgment. I couldn't make clear decisions that were ultimately going to affect my followers. So the loneliness was flooding my thinking. So the results that I created in my intimacy or my personal life was a breakup every few months. 
And in my leadership role, I was ultimately an ineffective leader. And my evaluations showed how ineffective I was. So my friend, this exercise that I'm giving you right now is so powerful so that you can identify consciously what this emotion of loneliness is causing in your life. What are the results that you are creating in your life because of this emotion? So again, if you are feeling lonely or sad or overwhelmed or judged or unsupported, jot down that emotion, the primary emotion that you are experiencing right now, and take down all of those thoughts that are coming up for you. And just do a free download, free it up from your brain and put it on paper. And do that and let everything come out from your mind. And then I want for you to circle the thought, the one thought, because you may have about 10 to 50, I don't know, thoughts, but circle the one thought that is really, really charged. It's the one that is really making you feel the emotion of loneliness. It's very triggering, this one thought. Circle that one. That's the one I want for you to work on. Your thoughts are creating belief systems unconsciously within your mind. So that's another exercise that we will do. And by the way, if you are in my Masters of Leadership program, we get to look at your brain and look at the thoughts and belief systems around your goals and your desires. So that is what we get to do inside the Masters of Leadership. But for our time together today, do this one exercise. It is so powerful because this will help you find conscious awareness around that driving thought that's creating the emotion of loneliness and then jot down the actions that you are taking. Here is an opportunity to practice self-honesty. Write down those actions that you are taking and take some time there because a lot of this may be unconscious to you. And to bring it into conscious awareness may take you a few minutes to do. So once you write down those actions or maybe an inaction that you're taking, I want for you to then identify the result you're creating because of the action or inaction. There is a sequence of events here. Now, you talk to a neuroscientist and they'll tell you that's way too simple. But for our time together in our coaching together today, this is a powerful exercise that I show my CEO clients, my executive clients, Anyone who is in leadership, this is one powerful tool to use for yourself and then use it with your followers or your subordinates, because this will bring conscious awareness to what you are producing, what you are creating in your life. And use this also in your personal life. So powerful in any area of your life. So once you do the internal work, this is what I like to call the internal work, I now want you to look at your external circumstances. Take a look at the industry that you are working in right now. Is it tech? Is it medicine? Is it law? Is it politics? Is it higher education? Is it K through 12? Whatever field you are in, jot that down on a piece of paper and then jot down the organization or the institution or the business that you work for. Because I want for you to now identify your role 
not only in the field, but in this one institution organization you are working in. It's important to find awareness, a 30,000 foot view perspective on any systems or programming or obstacles that are in the field that you are currently in or in the organization that you are in that is keeping you from feeling supported, right? Sometimes we're in male-dominated fields, which is makes no difference to me. I work with men and women from all walks of life and in all industries, but there are very clear obstacles that keep women from advancing in these particular fields. So I want for us to be honest here. What is it that is holding you back? Is it a system? Is it a procedure? Is it a process? Is it a cultural, organizational cultural ideology? Right? Because a lot of organizational cultures not do not allow for diversity and inclusion and equity. And a lot of this is unconscious, right? A lot of our organizations are built around a human mind, an inventor, a creator, a founder of the organization. And if they have a human mind, they have bias, right? They also have unconscious programs. And they design systems based from that unconscious programming. So if you're working in a small firm or you're working in a small business, look at the founder because you probably know them by name and you know them personally. And take a look at what systems are currently in the organization or in that business that may be hindering your success or you feeling supported. It's important that we look at the organizations we are serving in because we have free will. We have choice to either work through our thoughts around our current position and the current systems that are hindering us from advancing in that institution or organization, right? We have control over how we think about what we're currently working in, right? Or you can decide to leave, right? So when I have corporate leaders, women in particular that I work with, who are ready to transition out of corporate, I don't let them do that, Yes, you have free will, but I don't let them do that until we get some coaching in on helping her neutralize the circumstance, meaning neutralizing what where she's working, right? The organization she's working in, right? Stripping all that away and just focusing on her thoughts around her situation, her institution. And I want for her to find peace before she makes a decision, a clear decision to leave the organization, right? So I don't want for our emotions to cloud our judgment, especially when we're leaving a 20-year career in an organization to go seek entrepreneurship. So it's important that we look at the external elements, the external circumstances that we are currently working in. So do that second part of that exercise. So again, the first part is looking at your internal dialogue, your internal emotions, right? What are the thoughts that are creating that emotion that are inspiring an action or an inaction, and then ultimately a result in your life? That's that's such a powerful exercise. And the second part, equally powerful, is identifying any systems, 
procedures, you know, programs, things that are put in place in your field or in your organization that are keeping you from feeling supported. Identify those things. Right now, everything's so abstract in our minds. We don't even know what systems are in place that are hindering our our advancement in leadership, right? And so when I coach a CEO, female CEO client, I want her to identify every single thing, system, policy, procedure, culture, what whatever she is, you know, whatever she is influencing, what is it within those systems, within those policies that are keeping other women from advancing? It's important that we, again, practice self-honesty because, again, these organizations were founded by a human, as a human mind, who has lots of problems. Because if you have a human mind, you have unconscious bias, and you have unconscious programs, and you have some limiting beliefs that may be, you know, that may that may have infiltrated your policies, your organizational culture. So really, really important to look at what you are facing in your current situation. So part A, internal work, part B, the external work. Okay, so once you're done with this exercise, please DM me, send me an IG message. I want to know how I can serve you, Um, internal or external circumstances. I'm here for all of it, my friend. So something I want to quickly share with you is this idea. It's called the Queen Bee Phenomenon. It was first reported in an academic journal called the Leadership Quarterly back in 2016. The queen bee phenomenon is when women leaders distance themselves from junior women, which I find so interesting because this is something that we women don't talk about. And it's really in response to inequality at the top. This is when women are serving in male-dominated organizations. And because women are typically marginalized in these institutions or organizations, when a woman reaches the pinnacle in in this organization, she finds herself wanting to distance herself from that marginalized group. She doesn't want to be seen as a woman. She wants to stay in you know on good terms she wants to play with the dudes you know she wants to you know carry on as someone in the group and looking at women not being in the group and being marginalized they exhibit the queen bee behaviors it's a very interesting phenomenon so if you are the queen bee Jot down some thoughts that you're having around this situation. I'm very curious to learn about your emotions that are tied to these thoughts. I'm here to support you, my friend, without any judgment. My door is open for you. And if you are someone who is being treated by a queen bee, then we also need to discuss your thoughts, your emotions, the actions you're taking and the results that you are creating because of the situation. So know that my door is open to anyone who's experiencing treatment by a queen bee or is a queen bee. 
we wrap up today, I want to share with you how you can find support or give support to another woman. Now, before I move on, let me just share with you the law of reciprocity. What you give is what you receive. Now, I don't want for you to give support in expectation of receiving something in return, right? That's not the law of reciprocity. (laughs) So when we're talking about seeking support, giving support, know that energetically it will be received. You will receive the same amount of support one way or another. And so know that we don't do things because we expect to get something in return. We're going to support a woman on our journey because it's a great thing to do, because it's something that you want in your career. And if you don't, then don't listen to what I'm about to say. (laughs) So three ways that we can support a woman on her journey is by mentoring. You know, mentorship looks like a mentor and a mentee working together on advisement, on guidance. It's like a guidance counselor, right? These are people that are in the same field, maybe in the same organization. And it's important that you find someone, if you are a mentee looking for a mentor, that you find someone that fits your values, that fits your career goals and your ambitions. And if you're a mentor looking to, to support a mentee, and also look at you know what, what her track is, where she's going, what resources she has and doesn't have, and how you can help her in finding those resources. So that's mentorship, and it's really important to do. And so if you're in an organization right now where you have the capacity or capability to mentor a woman in your organization, then either go to your human resource department and ask if there is a program in place where you're able to do that, or you can do this on your own. There's no policy in place, uh, I don't think, in an organization that I know of that keeps you from doing that. Um, So... And also, if you're looking outside of the organization, you can find networks and communities of women who are looking specifically for the mentor-mentee roles. So it doesn't have to be in your organization, okay? Uh, Another way is through sponsoring. Sponsoring is a direct role to a protege. So a sponsor looks for a protege within the organization. And there is um, equal an equal understanding of results, right? You you sponsor the protege with the understanding that you are going to help her get a pay raise or help her find career advancement. You know, she could be, you know, someone that you can take all the way to the top of the organization. So a protege is like an all-in type of relationship. Um, And it is where the sponsor has skin in the game, so to speak. She is willing to do whatever she needs to do to help this one protege advance in her career. And so sponsorships are mostly in Fortune 100, even Fortune 500 organizations where women have the capacity and the financial resources to help a protege. So that's a whole other level of of mentoring. Um, And so that is something that if you are able to do, please do. But if you're not, then mentorship is 
is going to be very powerful. Uh, And the last thing I'll leave you with is allies. Let's look for allies in the organization. Do we have uh, men or other women or other marginalized groups in the organization that we can help or support uh, and or that we can seek support from? And so this is how we create allies. Now, many of you right now can identify who your allies are in your organization, or maybe even in your families. And we also know who are against us. So be conscious of it, right? Because a lot of this, again, can be nebulous, abstract, you're unconscious most of the time. And so this is an opportunity to jot down who is here to support you and who was put in your path to obstruct your advancement. I know it doesn't have to be that dramatic, but it's important to understand who we can go to and who we shouldn't go to for support. All right, my friend. So those were three ways to find support, either through mentorship, sponsorship, or allyship. Wow, this was a great call. I hope you all really enjoyed this because I did. I hope you found those exercises helpful. And if you want to talk through this or have a sounding board as you're working through some of these things, please go find me over on Instagram. DM me at Dr. Denise Simpson. That's Dr. Denise Simpson. I'm here to support you on your journey, my friend. You're not in this alone. You have a group of women waiting to support you. You just need to ask. So I look forward to hearing from you over on IG land. And thank you so much for your time today. And I will talk to you very soon. Take care. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to join me inside my exclusive coaching membership for women in leadership, just like you. I want to help you become a masterful leader with the help of a community of the most powerful women on this planet. My membership is called Masters of Leadership. Yes, of course it would be called that. (laughs) So whether you're a novice or a master, you have to join us. You're going to get the support that you need and deserve inside my membership. So head over to drdenisesimpson.com forward slash M-O-L. That website again is drdenisesimpson.com forward slash M-O-L. You deserve this, my friend. So join us inside. See you soon.